Well, this morning I'm very excited because we're going to begin a brand new series today entitled Four Things That I Love about you and we're going to talk really about two basic elements of love. We're going to talk about uh, why love really matters uh, and then we're going to talk about some practical things. How do we love one another uh, with the love of God? And we're going to see through this study uh, that uh, really the love of God becomes a key ingredient in us walking out and really experiencing what I just simply call healthy long-lasting relationships. How many of you realize that we live in a society today where healthy, long-lasting relationships aren't happening. I mean, there is a, a devastation in our culture today. Half of all marriages end in divorce, uh, and you meet less and less people uh, that are in long-term, healthy relationships. Not just marriages, but friendships and other relationships just doesn't seem to last. And so we're going to talk over the next few weeks how we can cultivate healthy, long-lasting relationships and how we can come, become the kind of people uh, that really enjoy the benefit of a healthy relationship. How many of you realize there are a lot of unhealthy relationships out there? There are a lot of relationships that are not godly. Uh, they have been perverted by all kinds of things in our culture and our society, by sin. And uh, so we're going to really learn some awesome things over the next few weeks together about how the love of God really does uh, create in us the capacity and the ability uh, to really begin to love others. As a matter of fact, you can't love people if you haven't known and experienced the love of God. It is God's love in us that enables us to love people in a way that creates healthy, long-lasting Relationship. So let's look at our kind of foundational scripture out of the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. The Bible says this, Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Really love them. So why does love matter? I want to give you just a simple thought this morning. Why does love matter? Love matters because love really is the foundation stone of all relationships, and relationships are the foundation stones of life. I mean, if you think about it for just a minute, the quality of your life is directly proportioned to the quality of relationships that you have, right? If you have a healthy, if you have healthy, godly relationships uh, and your relationships are flourishing and they're godly and they're healthy, then you know what? You probably feel really good about yourself right now. You probably feel really good about your life. You probably feel really good about where you're at in this season of your life. But when your relationships go south, right? When relationships aren't healthy, when relationships aren't godly, all of a sudden you can look at your life and you can feel the sting and the weight of ungodly or unhealthy relationships. As a matter of fact, relationships have the capacity to, to make you experience joy and peace and laughter and love, and they also have the capacity to make you feel sorrow and discouragement and disheartenment and depression and anguish. All of those things are the result of relationships. And the foundation stone, why does love matter? Because the foundation stone of relationships is love. It really is love that compels us to pursue people. It is love that compels us to initiate relationships 
with other people. Now, we're going to talk today about something a whole lot bigger than the emotion and the feeling of love, but I want you to just think about that for just a minute. Without love in our hearts for other people, there really is no desire to be in relationship. As a matter of fact, many of us in this room here today have erected walls that keep people out, right? Because relationships have the capacity to hurt you, to disappoint you, uh, to wound you, right? And if we're not careful, we'll allow the hurts and the disappointments and the wounds of past relationships to cause us to disconnect from the people in our lives. And many of us in this room here today have actually put most people at arm's length, right? I'll be your acquaintance and I'll say hi to you and we might even share a meal together occasionally. But the reality is most people are not letting other people into their lives because they have been hurt, disappointed, and wounded by past relationships. And we've erected these walls of defense to keep people out, right? And so if I can just keep people at arm's length, I won't get hurt. I won't get disappointed. I won't be wounded. But the reality is, is that it is impossible. I want you to hear this statement. It is impossible for you to be in the will of God. It is impossible for you to be in the will of God and not be in relationship. Relationships are required for you to fulfill God's plan for your life. Relationships are required. How many of you remember when, uh, how many of you have got little kids? Anybody got little kids in here? All right, well, if you, I, I, our kids are not little anymore, but I remember when they were little, we'd buy these toys at Christmas or for their birthday, and it would have the dreaded words on it, right? Assembly required. And you're like, oh my gosh, you know. Because, I mean, there's nothing harder than putting together a toy that should take you five minutes, right? Anybody ever put together a playground or a swing set? Like, you deserve a medal. I mean, isn't it amazing, like 5,000 screws in this thing to put this swing set together. And so there's this little word, assembly is required. I want you to understand, in order for you to be in the will of God, assembly is required. You have to assemble together with other people. You have to be in relationship in order to be in the will of God. Why? Because you were created for community. You were created for, number one, relationship with God. And you were created for relationship with other people. And when we allow fear, insecurity, hurt, disappointment, or wounds from our past relationships to disconnect us from people, we become isolated and separated and disconnected from the will of God for our lives. Now that doesn't mean we don't need time alone. And that doesn't mean we don't need some separation from all the chaos of the world. Those things are important. But the reality is this. If you live a life of isolation and separation, you can be 100% sure you are not in the will of God. You are not living the life God has called you to live. Why? Because number one, we need relationship with God. Number two, we need relationship with people. Now, we need healthy Godly relationships that cultivate the life of God in us. So let me give you some great scripture. Romans chapter 5, the Bible says this. It says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, we will certainly, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. 
For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son. That's a great statement. Our friendship with God was restored. How was it restored? By the death of Jesus Christ. By the death of God's son, our friendship was restored with God while we were still his enemies. And so we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because Jesus, because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God, right? The most important and critical relationship in all of our hearts and our lives is number one, we were created for relationship with God. Jesus died on the cross so he could restore you and I into a right relationship with God so we can have a friendship with God, so we can be the sons and the daughters of Almighty God. And then out of that relationship with God, God intends that we have relationship with one another. God intends that we begin to build healthy, long-lasting relationships with one another. Why? So that his kingdom can come and his will can be done in our lives through relationship. If you don't have relationship, then you don't have influence. Let me say that again. If you don't have relationship, you don't have influence. You have zero influence in the lives of people that you have no relationship with. The stronger and healthier your relationship is with another person, the greater your level of influence is in their life. All of a sudden, your voice matters. All of a sudden, your opinion matters. All of a sudden, your ideas matter. All of a sudden, what you have to say and what you think and what you believe begins to impact the other person's way of life. Why? Because you have a healthy relationship with that person. So when you are disconnected from relationship, you are disconnected from influence. And therefore, you are incapable of influencing other people for Christ when you don't have a relationship with people. I'm going to give you this statement. I shared it at the end of last service. I'm going to go ahead and share it on the front end of this service. And that is this. Rick Warren uh, made a statement, one of my favorite quotes that he said. And he said, I learned years ago that I cannot win my enemies to Christ. I can only win my friends. I can only win my friends. Think about it for a minute, what the scripture says. Jesus died to restore us into friendship with God. He died on the cross to restore relationship so that though we were the enemies of God, we can become the friends of God because Jesus died on the cross. And so when we think about the significance of relationships, love is the foundation stone of relationships and relationships are the foundation stones of life. If you want to raise the quality of your life, you've got to raise the quality of relationships. If you want to raise the quality of your life, you have to raise the quality of your relationships. So let's look at our next point. So love is more than an emotion. Love is more than an emotion. Love is a choice that we make in order to cultivate healthy relationships. Love is more than an emotion. Now I am thankful for the emotions of love, right? 
Uh, I've just been gone for 13 days for my beautiful wife and my family and all the love, the feelings of love, the emotion of love. We were so excited to see each other last night. She came running into the, into the airport and it was like she was floating on the air and I swooped her up in my arms. It was wonderful. Maybe not quite like that, but it was really wonderful. Man, all the feelings and emotions of love, they're great, man, I love them. But I want you to understand, the, the emotions, the emotion of love is really the icing on the cake. But it is, it is the choice of love. It is the realization that love is more than a choice. I mean, love is more than an emotion. Love is a choice. Love is not just the fuzzy, warm feelings that we feel. I mean, think about it. The Bible says that God demonstrated his love toward us while we were still sinners. That Jesus died for us while we were the enemies of God. How many of you understand that you don't have warm, fuzzy feelings towards your enemies? Right? You don't lay awake at night and think about the people that hate you and say, oh, I just feel so good about them. You might lay awake at night and think, God, how can you get rid of them? But, but you don't have warm, fuzzy feelings for the people that you don't like, for your enemies. So love has got to be more than an emotion. Love is a choice. Love is a decision that we make based on the idea that we love people for the purpose of cultivating a healthy relationship with them. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loved us. People that he knew would reject him. People that he knew would despise him. People that he knew would crucify, whip, and beat, and batter, and murder his son. God so loved those people. It wasn't an emotion. It was a choice. It was a decision that God made to cultivate relationship. He knew the only way we could be restored to right relationship with himself was through the sacrifice of his son. And God loved us so much that he gave his son to restore that relationship and cultivate an opportunity for us to know God. Now, we all understand that not everybody responds to the love of God. Not everybody accepts the love of God. Not everybody embraces the gift of God's love. But you know what? That didn't change then, nor does it change now, the fact that God loves us. So God's love for us is not based upon an emotional feeling. It is based upon a choice that he made in his heart to reconcile us into a right relationship with him. God desires to cultivate a relationship with us. So what does God do? Because that's his desire, God loves us. He loves us. So it's not an emotion. Praise God for the emotions. But it's a decision that we make to cultivate healthy relationships. If you're here today and you are married, you know you've probably had to make some hard choices to continue to cultivate your marriage relationship. You've had to work through some difficult times to continue to cultivate your relationship. You've been hurt. You've been disappointed. You've been wounded. But if you're still married and hopefully happily married, 
then you're happily married today because you made some choices not based on emotion. Right? How many of you know that if you respond to the people that you love based solely on emotion, most of the time you wouldn't love them? Right? Sometimes you want to choke them. Right? Y'all aren't that holy. I know. Sometimes you want to choke them. Right? Sometimes you want to choke the people you love more than anybody else on the planet, right? Why would you do that, you know? The reality is, is if you're going to cultivate healthy relationships, you're going to have to move beyond just the understanding of emotion, and you're going to have to move to the very heartbeat of what love is all about. Love is a choice that we make in order to cultivate healthy relationships. So let's look at the next point on your outline. So the word in Romans 12 used for love is the word agape. And it's a word in scripture that is used to describe God's kind of love. It's God's kind of love. Agape love is the God kind of love. And so God loves us with the love of God. And then as believers, we understand that we are now called as Christians. Guess what? We are called to love others with the kind of love that God loves us with. We're called to love people with the love of God. Now that is impossible unless you have experienced and received the love of God. The Bible says in the book of Romans that the love of God has been shed abroad or poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You can't show what you don't know. You can't show the love of God if you don't know the love of God in a real and a personal way. You can't show it if you don't know it. And the reality is, is we live in a world and a culture that is totally disconnected from the love of God. We have a whole culture of society that defines love by what the Bible calls lust. Right? It's, it's an emotion, it's a feeling, it's a sexual desire. And that has become the definition of love in our culture. Our culture defines love by what the Bible calls lust. It is a perverted mentality of the love of God. Because the lust of your flesh never satisfies. See, when you operate out of a perverted love, here's what happens. The more you give... In a lust-driven relationship, the less valuable you become. Right? Because this is what happens. You give yourself away, you give yourself away, you give yourself away. That can be sexually, that can be emotionally, that can be mentally, that can be physically. And if you're in a lust-driven relationship, the more you give of yourself, the less valuable you become. Until you finally come to a point in the relationship where they're done with you. I've done God all I can get from you, and I don't want any more. I'm going to go look for somebody else. And that doesn't just happen sexually. That happens emotionally. That happens physically. That happens uh, intellectually, right? We, we can be in a relationship with coworkers, and if you're in a relationship that is not driven by the love of God, then the more you give, the less valuable you become. And they take from you, right? I mean, how many relationships have you been in in the, in, the, in the employed world or the corporate world where you give and 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 once they get all they want from you, they don't want to be your friend anymore? How many times has that happened in emotional or 
uh, or romantic relationships, right? This is the month of November, and we got all, I mean, November, February, right? It's November in, a, in, a, in Africa, maybe. I don't know. We're in the month of February. It's the month of love and Valentine's. And by the way, all you guys, Tuesday's Valentine's. So if you forgot, I'm reminding you, helping you out, right? But, you know, all this love and everybody's thinking about love. And I'm sure, I don't know, I haven't watched any TV since I went home, but I'm sure all the TV channels are full of all the love movies and, and all the romance movies and all those things. And, and it's all about, you know, all about the feelings and the emotions and everybody wants to be loved and everybody wants to feel love and everybody wants to, all these things. And the reality is, unfortunately, is that we have a whole culture of people that have never experienced the love of God. And the only form of love they know is what the Bible calls lust, which is driven by self-gratification and self-satisfaction. And it's a taken, taken, taken love. What can I get from you and what can you get from me? And once we use each other up, then we're going to walk away because you're no good to me and I've got all I need from you. And I'm going to move on to somebody else because it's all about me. But the love of God is not an all about me kind of love. It's an amazing love. It's a, it's a powerful love. It's the thing that changes the world. And I love loving people with the love of God. I, I, tell, I, tell, I tell people all the time as I'm, I'm, I'm personally talking with folks, I tell people when, 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 you, when it comes to evangelism and sharing your faith, the world understands. People know what it means to be cussed, right? They've been cussed at their whole lives. They know what it means to be hated. They've been hated on their whole lives. They know what it means to be judged and condemned because they've been judged and condemned their whole life. But you know what they don't know? They don't know what it means to experience the love of God. And I just, love, I just love the bewildered face that people give you when you love them with the love of Jesus. They're like, you know, they just don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to respond to the love of God. If you cuss them out, they know how to respond. If you hate on them, they know how to respond. If you judge them and condemn them, they know how to respond because they've done that their whole lives. But when you start loving people with the love of God, they don't have a response. They don't know how to fight back against it. Why? Because it is such a disarming thing. It strips away your desire to lash back out with hatred and bitterness. And all of a sudden, they become bewildered and amazed by the love of God. Now, everybody doesn't respond to it. Everybody doesn't accept it. Everybody doesn't embrace it. But everybody does walk away understanding they've experienced something in that moment that maybe they've never experienced in their lifetime. There's a, there's a movie, it was a book called The Cross and the Switchblade. It's the story of Bruce Wilkerson, who was an evangelist who went to New York City, began to evangelize uh, the gangs of New York City. This was back, I think, maybe in the 70s, maybe before that. And Bruce Wilkerson, uh, in the movie, The Cross and the Switchblade, one of my favorite parts of the movie is he's, he's sitting there talking to a guy named Nicky Cruz. Nicky Cruz was the head of the toughest gang in New York City. And he had been pursuing this young man and witnessing to him and sharing the love of God with him. And I'll never forget, he, he went to his apartment, he knocked on his door, Nicky Cruz answered the door and he was angry and he pulled out a switchblade. He said, preacher, I'm going to cut you in a thousand pieces. He said, then what are you going to do? And Bruce Wilkerson looked at him and he said, well, I don't really know what I'm going to do, but I know this. I know that all thousand pieces will love you. And he crew slammed the door in his face because he did not know what to do with the love of God. It wrecked his heart. It wrecked him. 
Because God's love has a way of disarming all the stuff that we use to keep people out because we have been hurt so deeply. Let me give you three characteristics this morning of the love of God. First of all, God loves us unconditionally. And this is an awesome thing. God loves us unconditionally. What does that mean? God does not love us based on our performance. God loves us based on our existence. The fact that you are, God loves you. God doesn't love you more or love you less based on what you do. You can't earn the love of God. You can't forfeit the love of God. You can reject it and die without it, but it doesn't change the fact that God loves you. The love of God is unconditional. It's not based on performance. God loves you because the Bible says God is love. That's who he is. God is love. And because God is love, guess what he does? He loves people. And he loves people unconditionally. And he expresses that love to people on a consistent basis. Why? Because God is love. And it's unconditional love. You can't earn it. Right? What's amazing is, is when you get saved, and all of a sudden, after you come to know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you start looking back on your life, and you start seeing all the times that God loved you, all the times that God spared you, all the times that God showed mercy to you, all the times that you should have been dead and you weren't dead. You should have been destroyed and you weren't destroyed. You should have been locked away and you weren't locked away. And all of a sudden, you begin to look back and you begin to realize that when you didn't earn it, when you weren't looking for it, maybe even when you were cursing the face of God himself, God was loving you. God was extending grace to you. God was showing mercy to you. Now think about this in our relationships. What would happen if we begin to love people unconditionally? What would happen if we treated people the same way no matter how they treated us? Now I know the natural, the natural idea is, well, Pastor Keith, if I do that, people just run all over me. No, they won't. Let me tell you why they won't run all over you. Because when you love them with the love of God, your love for them is not based on anything they do. They're not in control. You can't run over me without my permission. Right? And if I love you with the love of God, no matter how you respond, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, it doesn't change my love for you. Now, we may not be able to be in a relationship together. How many know that everybody that God's lo God loves is not in a relationship with God? Because you have to embrace the love of God and you have to respond to the love of God in a way that cultivates a relationship. Right? Everybody that God loves is not in a relationship with God. And everybody that we love doesn't mean we've got to be in a relationship with everybody, but we can love everybody with the love of God. Now, if we're in a relationship with them, we'll determine whether or not they're willing to receive the love of God and respond appropriately. If they're not willing to receive the love of God and respond appropriately, then I can't be in a relationship with them. But it doesn't stop me from loving them. And if they decide... To embrace the love of God, then all of a sudden I've won a friend. I've won a companion. I've won somebody that now I can begin to be in relationship with. So I can love everybody, but I don't, be, I'm not, I don't have to be in relationship with everybody because depending on how a person responds to the love of God determines whether or not you can have relationship with God. And the same is true of us. 
So it's not about, oh, if I love them, they're going to run over me. No, they're not going to run over me because just because I love them doesn't mean I'm going to get, get in a relationship with them. If they respond to the love of God, then that opens the door for a relationship. But if they don't respond to the love of God, then you know what? I'm going to pray for them, and every time I'm around them, I'm going to try to show the love of God to them in a real and a practical way. The second thing God does is God not only loves us unconditionally, God loves us intentionally. How many know Jesus is on purpose about loving us? There's an intentional love when it comes to the love of God. God intentionally loves us. When Rob shared his story this morning, I'll never forget it. He told y'all this morning, you know, it's 100% true. And when he told me the story for the first time, I thought, you are lying. That can't be true. That is so amazing. But you know what? It is 100% true. And I wouldn't let him on the stage to share that story if it wasn't 100% true. And the reason I know it's 100% true is because I know Rob. And if you know Rob, you know the guy is not capable of lying to you. Because if he does, I mean, God will get him bad. Is that right, Rob? It'll be horrible. But you know what? As Rob shared that story, you know what I saw? I saw the intentionality of God. God was pursuing him. God was pursuing his purpose for Rob's life. God was pursuing his best for Rob's life. God was pursuing his plan for Rob's life. And by pursuing that, God was pursuing Rob. And you know what? God's pursuing you. He's intentional. God is not sitting around just waiting on you to make the right decision. He's coming after you. Right? Rob said, I was having a great day till the Lord reminded me of the fact he wanted me to start a business. Why did God do that? Because he was intentional. God is on purpose about pursuing his best for our lives. Think about what would happen in our relationships if we became intentional on loving people. We didn't just wait till an opportunity arose, but we actually began to look for opportunities to show the love of God to people. We began to look for opportunities to share the love of Jesus, that we would become intentional about God's love, intentional about sharing it and showing it to other people. God's intentional. The last thing is, is that God's love, God loves us passionately. Now, we have a very distorted idea of passion. We think passion is excitement or enthusiasm, right? I'm passionate about my wife. I can't wait to see her, right? I'm passionate about my relationship. I'm passionate about Alabama football, right? And we think passion is excitement, enthusiasm, and affection that we have for each other. But passion, if you've seen the movie The Passion of the Christ, the word passion means the suffering of Christ. See, the measure of love the measure of your love for another person is not how excited you are to see them. The measure of your love for another person is how much are you willing to sacrifice in order to cultivate a healthy relationship with that person. How much are you willing to sacrifice? See, that's passion. Kelly and I have been married for 26 years. I shared that with you earlier. And we are passionately in love with one another. We have made major sacrifices to be together. We've sacrificed time, energy, effort. We sacrifice of ourselves. 
Every parent in here knows if you have raised children successfully, you have made major sacrifice. I grew up in a home. Me and my sister used to kind of laugh at my mom. Why does she always wear that same dress? Well, the reason she always wore that same dress is because she never bought herself new clothes. She always bought us new clothes. How many know that's sacrifice? That's sacrifice. That's passionate love. That's what it means to love somebody passionately. It's not, oh, I'm excited to see you. It's, oh, I'm willing to sacrifice of myself in order to cultivate a healthy relationship. Now, I'm not talking about codependent relationships. I'm not talking about you being in an abusive relationship and staying in that. I'm talking about just everyday, ordinary relationships where we begin to realize that real passion, loving somebody passionately, means that I'm willing to make some sacrifices to do what needs to be done to cultivate that relationship so that it's healthy and strong and godly. Again, I'm not talking about abusive relationships. I'm not talking about codependent relationships. I'm talking about relationships that you're investing in and say, you know what? I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate. God loves us passionately. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, knowing that many would reject him. He still offered the sacrifice of his son. What would happen if we begin to love people passionately? If we loved them unconditionally, if we loved them intentionally, and we loved them passionately. I had an opportunity to share. We did a men's conference while we were in Africa. One of the things that the Lord put on my heart to share with the men is that it's never about what we can get. It's always about God. what's God calling us to give. That's love. Love gives. For God so loved the world that he gave. That's your passion. Your passion for love is what are you willing to give? What price are you willing to pay in order to see that relationship be healthy, growing, and godly? Now, let me give you a, a, a last thought here this morning. So our ability to love others with the God kind of love will determine our effectiveness in building lasting relationships, and it will also determine our effectiveness in fulfilling the Great Commission. Our ability to cultivate healthy relationships will be determined by our ability to love others with the God kind of love. When I begin loving people unconditionally and intentionally and passionately, you know what that does? That creates healthy relationships. It creates longevity in relationships. Because let me just tell you something about relationships. Relationships hurt. Right? Let's just be honest. Relationships hurt. Great relationships still hurt. <laughs> Godly relationships hurt. Because the, the, the reality is, is we're all flawed people. Right? We've all come short of the glory of God. And God is transforming us from glory to glory and from faith to faith. But I don't know about you, but he's still working on me. Right? He's still working on me. And so the reality is relationships hurt. In the best relationships, there's challenges, there's disappointments, there's wounds, there's hurts that you have to face and struggle through. And, and we have, the enemy tries to deceive us into thinking that somehow you can cultivate a healthy relationship without the hurt and the pain that comes along with it. It's impossible. Now we can minimize the hurt and the pain. 
We can minimize the challenges by making right choices. But how many of you understand that all the people you're in relationship don't always make that you're in relationship with don't always make right choices? Now let's flip the coin. How many of you know that sometimes you don't make right choices? Sometimes you get in your flesh. Sometimes you miss God. Sometimes you become selfish. Right? Sometimes we all, we all guilty. And so the reality is, is relationships hurt. Relationships come with challenges and difficulties. But if we're going to cultivate healthy relationships that are going to last, we're going to have to love people with the love of God. We're going to have to love people not based on performance but their existence. We're going to have to love people intentionally. We're going to have to love people passionately. And you know what I found out? I found out when you do those three things, it creates an opportunity for healthy relationships. Now again, not everybody you love is going to respond to the love of God, and not everybody you love are you going to be able to be in relationship with. But the people that respond to the love of God, when you walk this thing out, it creates healthy relationships. It creates the opportunity. It creates the opportunity to build healthy relationships. The last part of that statement says, it's our ability to love others with the love of God or the God kind of love that empowers us to be effective in fulfilling the Great Commission. The Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20, Jesus said this, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You can't make disciples without relationship. I said it a while ago, Rick Warren said, I can't win my enemies. I can only win my friends. To Christ. Now, before I started pastoring, quote, full-time, I used to work at uh, Walker's Building Supply in Baylorton, and I sold carpet, and I laid carpet. Most of the people, I'd say 95% of the people that I worked with were not Christians. And not only were they not Christians, they were far from being Christians. Many of them had no desire to be a Christian. But I'll tell you what I do know. I know this. Everybody I work with like me. They like me. And the reason they like me is because I love them with the love of God. See, they've never been loved unconditionally. They've never been loved intentionally. They've never been loved passionately. They've never been loved that way. And I found out that when you love people with the love of God, all of a sudden, they may not respond to it. They may not embrace it. But there's something in them that says, you know what, I kind of like that person. They're a little different. They, they treat me with respect. They don't belittle me and make fun of me. And what I found out is, is I found out that when, when problems came and struggles came and difficulties came into their life, they'd pull me to the side and say, hey, Keith, can you pray for my family? Can you pray for this? Can you pray about that? Now, they didn't necessarily want to be seen out in public with me, you know, because it might ruin their image. But when difficulties came, they knew, like Jesus, that I was a friend of sinners. And I, I, I get troubled sometimes because I hear, I hear Christian people that work in secular workplaces and they say everybody hates me. And I just wonder if everybody hates you, are you loving people with the love of God? Now there's no doubt, sometimes when you love people with the love of God, they're confronted with truth and they don't want to be around you anymore because they are convicted. 
But I've also realized even those people that don't want to be around you because they're convicted, whenever they get in trouble, they know who to come to. Right? See, it's the, it's, it's the love of God that enables us to fulfill the Great Commission because I can't win my enemies to Christ. If they don't like me, I will never lead them to Jesus. Now that doesn't mean I compromise. How many know Jesus was a friend of sinners? He never compromised. He never sinned. He didn't get drunk with them. He didn't get high with them. He didn't party with them. But he loved them. And every time he got around people that weren't following after God, he loved them with the love of God. And the love of God opened a door of opportunity for a relationship. I believe we ought to be friends of sinners. I think we ought to be the kind of people that the world looks at us and they like being around us because we treat them different than the way their friends treat them. And all of a sudden what that does is that opens a door of opportunity for us to begin to sow the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is. Because if I don't ever get to talk to them, I'm going to have a hard time winning them to Jesus. And so I want to encourage you to understand. Let, let me look, let's look at this last scripture together. This is a great verse. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. That's a good statement, right? If I say I love God, but hate a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, for if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? If you can't love the people you can see, how can you love a God you can't see? Let me give you one last verse. It's our last scripture for the day. 2 John 1, 6 says this. Love means doing what God has commanded us. And he has commanded us to love one another. Just as you have heard from the beginning. Loving people with the love of God doesn't mean we, be in a relation, we can be in a relationship with everybody, but it does mean that through the love of God we can open the door for healthy relationships that can be cultivated and can grow and become an opportunity not only for us to build lifelong friends, but also for us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the most exciting things for me on this mission trip in Africa is that we got to cultivate some relationships. We got to know people just a little bit better than we knew them before. And you know what that does? Every time you do that, it raises the opportunity of influence to be able to minister the gospel in a real and powerful way. So I want you to do this. Let's stand to our feet together. Let's just bow our heads for just a moment. We've got a baptismal service coming up at the end of the service in just a few minutes. But before we shift gears, I, I want you just to bow your heads. If you're here today, maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Keith, I've never really experienced the love of God. I don't know what it means to be loved unconditionally, intentionally, and passionately. Every love relationship I've ever had has been, has been a taking relationship. And the more I give myself away, the more I find myself to be empty. But today I want to experience the love of God. I, I want to trust Jesus. See, there's only one way to experience the love of God, and that is to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. When you open your heart to Him and you ask Him to come into your life, forgive you of your past, lead you into His future, the love of God comes. And perfect love casts out 
all fear. So if you're here today and you say, I want to surrender my life to follow Christ, I want to know what it means to be loved with the love of God, I want you just to raise your hand boldly all over this place. I want to accept Christ today. I want to experience the love of God. I've never been loved like you just talked about. I want to know what that feels like. And I want to experience it. And I not only want to experience it, I want to begin to share it. If that's you today, I'm just going to give you just a couple more seconds. I've never experienced the love of God. I want, to, I want to experience today. I want to trust Jesus as my Lord. If you're here today and you're a Christian, I realize most of us probably are. I want to just say a closing prayer over you today. Father, today I thank you for, for your love. And I pray today, God, that you would awaken within us the revelation of the love of Jesus. Let us, let us feel your love fresh today. God, stir up the love of God that has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And help us today to love others the way you've loved us. God, help us to recognize why love really matters. God, how that it lays the foundation stone and opens the door of opportunity for lasting, healthy relationships. And Lord, let us begin at home. Let us start loving the people we love with the love of God. And Lord, let us share your love with every person that we meet. I thank you that no one is exempt from your love. And God, I pray that we would carry the love of Jesus in such a real and a powerful way. God, your word that we started with, Romans chapter 12 says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. God, let us really love people. And let our hearts be filled with your love so that it flows so freely out of us, God, that we don't even have to think about it. That it becomes the nature of our heart to love people with the very love of Jesus. Free us and heal us, God, today of the hurts and wounds of past relationships. God, we give those broken places to you. God, heal our hearts this morning so that we are free to love others the way that you have loved us. And we give you the praise and the honor today, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.